Welcome to our series this week of Women in Business podcast for Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief. One of our community's most influential business leaders is joining me today for a discussion. Carrie Ewers is CEO of Crichton. And Crichton is, uh, I think, one of these um, little noticed, but very, very largely innovative companies in the space of, uh, of concrete for construction. Uh, it's you know, I think in a lot of ways, it's uh, it's one of our quieter success stories worldwide. Um, but for the past year, she's also been the chair of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Her term has just expired. And full disclosure, I've had the privilege of uh, working as a director to see her in action in the boardroom. So it's been a fascinating year for any leader. So I think we have some things to discuss. Carrie, welcome. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Kirk. And and don't kick me out the door too quick. Uh, I'm actually still the chair till November third. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But you did your last. Uh, you, you did your last board meeting with us. But anyway. Uh, but we'll. <laughs> Fair enough. No worries. Stay, listen. Stay as long as you like. Uh, that'd be great. Um, uh, by the way, you know, you, you, around March, um, did you think about maybe trying to defer <laughs> defer for a year? Give it. Uh, give <laughs> take it like next year or year after. Well, it has been an interesting year, and people often uh, say or comment on the same thing. Like, what a what a challenging year! I bet you didn't expect to have to deal with this. But you know, to be honest, uh, I think it's it's you know that's one thing that's fun about leadership is is the non routine. And I I've really actually enjoyed this year. We we hired a new CEO, as you know, Bridget Anderson, and she's been fantastic. She was only four months into her term when COVID hit. And the ability to, to shift and, and make some changes very quickly, I think it just it's a testament to, to the organization, but certainly to her leadership in, in, in pivoting very quickly, uh, given that much of our revenue comes from events, which no longer could be held. Yeah. Let, let's, uh, let's start, though, with Crichton and, and your own leadership of it and what you feel you've learned in the last seven or eight months. It must be vast. Yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, I mean, keep in mind, I, I, I became the general manager of Crichton back in 1991. And it was during a recession that we thought was going to end. And it just kind of lingered on till like 94. So it was, it was really just trying to, to make some income any way you could, and uh, keep some market share and customers. And so I think that is almost a scrappy time for, for me and my management uh, learnings. But I really was able to apply that in 2001, which was a, another recession, not as long, but it was kind of steep and deep. And having that, uh, being able to look at things as we're not locked into one thing, we need to be able to be nimble and quick to, to shift. Uh, I think served uh, uh, our organization and myself well when 08 hit and you know worldwide construction fell off. I mean, the nice thing about having an international business is during those earlier recessions, when, when it slowed down in the US, you could sell in Asia, you, you know, you just shifted to your focus. But, but in 08, it was terrible. It is down 50% in construction, which is our business. And uh, we really had to find ways to survive. Uh, but I think all those lessons lend well to the, you know, the, the pandemic hitting. And you know that change is just simply something you have to, to deal with. And so um, I actually really um, found that the communication piece became so valuable, you know, right away connecting with our worldwide team and keep in mind, we have a lot of remote staff. And so, you know, connecting by this kind of um, medium is, is normal for us, but 
maybe not as frequent. So we, uh, we started doing uh, weekly Friday huddles, which ended up being really valuable because you could see everybody on Zoom and, and connect and hear what uh, they're thinking and, and what's happening in their regions. And so, so I, I think that in a, in a positive way, it really enhanced the uh, collaboration, even though strangely people were not in the office, they were working from home. But I think I saw people more than I probably would have normally. I mean, some of our remote staff, I see more like once or twice a year when they come to Vancouver. I, I wasn't, we weren't connecting in this way. So I, I think there is a, a lot of good things. Psychologically and emotionally, how do you think this episode has differed though from say a recession? Well, I think, you know, certainly uh, one of my first messages to, to people was stop watching the news. Uh, I, I <laughs> Hey, 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 no, hey. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> no offense. But but I, I, I certainly Facebook, like I said, don't get your news from Facebook. You know, you're, you're getting a lot of ill truths and so forth. And I think I think that was one of the biggest differences is that this became this fear mongering of the unknown and, and it really wound people up. And I think that's what was so different. I mean, at least when construction's down, people know you just have to try to get whatever jobs you can. But when something like this happens, there's the, the, nobody knew when, when the border was going to open up again. Nobody knew uh, if they were going to get sick and die. Uh, nobody knew. And even now, we don't really know where is the end of this. So I think this was quite different. Um, and, and I know mental health comes up a lot, but that's certainly one of the biggest uh, worries is, is mental health. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're down, but not, not, we didn't have to lay anybody off. We've kept everybody working. So we're, we're in probably pretty good shape against a lot of other companies. Yeah, I mean, in British Columbia, of course, we didn't really shut construction to any great degree at all. But did you experience a fair amount of, of lockdown effect? Uh, elsewhere in the world in terms of how yeah. you're exporting your products? Yes, uh, we have uh, we have an office and people in Dubai and they were literally locked down, told they had to stay at home um, mm. and everything just shut right down. The same happened uh, in India uh, and, uh, um, you know, many other jurisdictions where they literally just told everybody to stay home. Mm. Whereas, like you, you said, you know, construction continued to happen in BC, um, you know, even more so than uh, the back east, you know, that although it was still deemed essential service, there were still a lot of construction sites that just shut down. So we were really lucky that things kept going at a slower pace, but at least they were, they continued to go. So, so let's look uh, at, at the Board of Trade and at its work. And, and I know that people might assume that the Board of Trade is all just about hardcore business advocacy, you know, and, and that that actually puts a political tinge to what it does at all times. But, but I know the history of the board has, has been to make the greatest possible effort here to stay bipartisan, to work with whatever the government of the day is, to think about the government of the day and, and essentially trying to get its best foot forward, obviously. But uh, what, what challenges were there in the early going at a, at, you know, at a municipal, provincial and federal level for the board in order to make sure that it was bringing voices forward, but not being kind of heavy-handed about it. Yeah, I mean, it's always a, a, a challenging situation when you are a nonpartisan organization, yet you do represent, you know, the economic drivers of business. Uh, and I, I think that that we are respected to have a voice around uh, 
a diverse set of businesses. And so our, our, the businesses we represent are everything from social services, uh, uh, you know, environmental uh, groups uh, to, you know, uh, you know, the aquarium and other places like that to uh, businesses that manufacture uh, concrete products like my business. Um, but I think that we try not to confuse politics with policy. I think that one of the things we try to do well is to recognize what policies will advance uh, the economic growth for the region. And we're really about livable and workable um, environments. So you, you can't do one without the other. I mean, they go hand in glove and you can't, you can't push only in one direction. So I think that's where the border trade has a lot of respect. And one of the reasons why in that last election, we were the only organization that got all three parties up on the stage together to talk about uh, you know, policy and, and plans and, and what the region needs going forward. And, and hopefully we will continue to be that convener of conversations because I think it's with the conversations that the real learning happens. You know, there's no sense sitting in a back room and only listening to people who have the exact same point of view as, as yourself. I think the real learning happens when you, you get people in a room that have different points of view and different concerns and you can actually seek to understand what's, what's behind those and, and what solutions could be better if we work together and really thought about long-term economic growth and not just the short-term uh you know things that that can be done and yet it seems uh, as if we we are on two tracks as a society right now trying to deal with the more imminent healing that's necessary to get uh everything businesses other institutions uh, home life back on its feet uh, and some longer range priorities that build this sustainable growth that you talk about. Um, wh when you take a look at, at what the board is now putting forward and all of that, w uh, tell me a little bit about the near term things that you think are policy priorities and, and almost prerogatives for whatever government emerges say after the October 24th election and whatever we see in Ottawa over the next year or so. Yeah, right. I mean, my personal uh, uh, view is that we, we need to build for the future. We need to attract investment and, and confidence to invest into businesses. And that comes with, with having the environment that supports business. So I'm a big advocate as, as well as the board is on infrastructure and making sure that we can have efficient movement of goods and people. I mean, some of the, you know, before COVID hit, we had a tremendous challenge in, in taking hours to get to work and transit and, and, you know, reconciling that growth. You know, the fact that we needed that, you know, the bridge at the Massey Tunnel would have been built by now if that had just moved ahead. And I, I often uh, get disappointed that we get in our own way of, of creating uh, that livable and workable city and to attract uh, the kind of businesses we need and, and, and to support small and medium-sized businesses to grow. You know, that, that middle-sized, medium-sized businesses, I think, will be the economic driver of the, the future. We really have to pay attention to what keeps those uh, businesses here in, in BC and in, in Canada, generally speaking, and then how do we help support them so that they can keep hiring people and improving benefits and, and investing more into our region. So I think investment uh, really matters. And, and I think that that's, you know, yes, people look to government to do things for them. I tend to look at them as just get out of our way. You know, let's maybe just get out of our way. We could get our business done and, and have um, an easier time, less regulation, less taxes, 
you know, help us grow so that we can invest back into our own businesses and, and the community. Yeah. The, the situation in the pandemic, of course, has been made much more complex by many other discussions that we're having as a society right now. Uh, we're having these, you know, genuinely good discussions around inequality, around power, around, uh, around race. Um, what do you think the business, again, the prerogatives are for business in this period that, that intersect with those issues here? What kind of leadership do you think is necessary? Well, I mean, you know, not all businesses are doing the same as you know. I mean, some businesses are doing fantastic and some businesses are, are, are not surviving. And so I don't think there's a one brush you could put towards that. But, but I do think that that um, this adversity has framed and, and highlighted some of these, these challenges uh, and some of the inequalities. And it's causing conversations to happen. Uh, I know Deloitte just had a, a report that came out on, on the, the, the subject. And, and it, you know, it, it invites uh, leaders uh, like yourself and, and uh, others to get into a room and talk about what are we doing, right? It's not about out there, what are they doing? What are we doing to foster a change in the way, you know, our, our hiring practices, how we treat uh, uh, equal pay, our unconscious biases? And I, I think those are really great discussions going forward as to how do we strengthen and be resilient and, and, and utilize the, the opportunity for, for um, hiring differently. I mean, we're, we're going to need more people and, and to think about people with disabilities, people with uh, uh, with just different backgrounds. Um, you know, I think about 70% of our company, maybe more, is multicultural in the sense of that we, we hire a lot of uh, uh, immigrants, a lot of people where we're their first Canadian job, but they can't get a job because they don't have Canadian experience. And mm-hmm. it's that we become kind of a, a feeder system for the big the big companies, I won't name them, who, who, who love hiring our people in the, you know, it, because we, right. we've given them all that opportunity to thrive. And, and I'm happy for them because people, you know, we're not going to keep people forever, but th- they will always look back on their time at Crichton as a fond. We gave them their, the shot and they developed and grew and were given lots of abilities. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a, I think that, you, you know, the opportunity for leadership has never been better. Uh, and, and that's maybe one of the reasons why I'm happy to be the chair of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. I, I'm happy to uh, lead Crichton. Uh, I'm a director on uh, Export Development Canada. Um, but, you know, if we can help small and medium-sized businesses, I think that, uh, you know, in all of this, the country's stronger if we can help uh, help business grow. Yeah, because it, what, I'm, what I hear so often from our political leaders is that they really do want to build back the system more strongly than it was pre-pandemic. This is not just a matter of repairing, you know, the crevasses that exist as a result of COVID-19. So where do you think there remains though, a gap for business? What is, as you see it, are there things that business needs to better understand and apprehend if it's actually going to get itself back strongly. Yeah, I think the ones that have done uh, uh, quite well or better 
are the ones that embrace that the the cheese has moved if you've read the book uh who moved my cheese you know and and uh, you know in the uh, uh event earlier today arlene dickinson really spoke to you have to just recognize where you are and not be angry about it you have to just move on and i think that that uh the, the, the gap might be where people haven't quite embraced technology or, you know, this, this, this pandemic has caused everybody to embrace technology more than they, we've been able to do things in weeks that, you, you know, the management teams would have said it would have taken years to achieve. This proves that we can actually do it. I think that, that the gap now is where companies aren't pushing far enough. They aren't really recognizing that this isn't a temporary thing, that we, we will probably be behind the curve on adopting technology in the first place. And, and I think this is a, a, a great opportunity for, for leaders to further embrace and further uh, expand their thinking around customers, uh, you know, where to find customers. I mean, I'm a big fan and pro proponent of exporting and trade as you know, and, and the World Trade Center has been doing a fantastic job of teaching people how to do that with, with uh, the, the Trade Accelerator program and as well the e-commerce essentials. Um, but we need those people to, you know, not be afraid to sell over the border. I mean, even just selling down to Seattle is like pulling teeth with people before. Now you can sell worldwide with the platforms available today. So, so I think that's really where, where there's a huge opportunity for embracing technology and thinking differently about your customer and where to find your customers. It sounded like your business was actually in a, in a pretty resilient space for all of this. You, you know, you, you, you did have, shutdowns, slowdowns around the world for a lot of the products that you were supplying into constructions. But, um, but largely, it sounds like you, you weren't in too bad a space. Um, but have you already thought about what you need to do a little differently for the next time? Because there will be a next time, right? Yeah, but even ongoing, I mean, you know, um, in, in 08, when everything took a, a dive, we, we had some of the best sales we ever had. And in 08, and even through 09, we thought we were invincible. And then 10 hit and was like, oh, well, our pipeline kind of dried up, right? So, right. so I said, it, I'm, not, I'm not too arrogant to think that this is, you know, oh, well, we, we didn't lay anybody off and we're, we're selling, we're good. Uh, I think that the bigger worry for me now is the pipeline going forward. So when I think about, well, what, what, what am I preparing for? It's, it's, it's not getting ahead of ourselves. It's, it's making sure we're still doing the, the fundamentals of, of business development and, and, and training people and making sure that we understand what the view of the customer, how is the customer's experience shifting? What do they need? What's, what's different? I mean, we, we did a couple acquisitions in the last uh, uh, couple of years, and, and it's been great to bring new technology and other innovations, but we need to constantly check with customers and make sure that it works. And I, and I think that's really the, the challenges going forward is we're a 47 year old company that was started by my father, but yeah. that doesn't be here 47 years from now if we don't make sure that we're still uh, connected to uh, fundamentals, but also take, I guess it's taking what you've learned and then repurposing it into how do I apply this going forward and, and make sure that, that we're um, paying attention, if you will to uh, the emerging competition and, and the people that are going to be thinking already about doing the work we do, but do it differently. I, I mean, I've watched business, I guess, over four decades in journalism. And every time there is a serious setback, 
I've heard business say, well, you know, I'm not going to be complacent again. <laughs> now, is that is that finally true? <laughs> well, you know, it, it does make you wonder, you know, uh, uh, that old, if it isn't broke, uh, break it uh, uh, philosophy. I mean, when management teams get something right and it's kind of feeling good and there's no real uh, headaches and, and risks hitting you uh, head on, um, you know, it's easy to get into that lane where you don't really want to change anything. But but I think that uh, people like Steve Jobs and others have proven you you need to constantly be thinking differently and constantly uh, testing your, your own resiliency even when there isn't a headwind like we've had with the pandemic. Well, it's uh, it's a great conversation. We could go on forever, and uh, but you're a busy person, and I, I, I'm going to get out of your way and let you do your work here for the balance of the day. But I want to thank you, Kerry, and, and uh, appreciate the time that you spent with us today and, of course, uh, the work that you've done at the board and, of course, in the community where I know uh, you're, you're a real, really generous benefactor for a lot of important work that's done in our community to make it better. So thanks again. Well, thanks, Kirk. I really appreciate it. It's been fun uh, chatting with you this afternoon. Harry, yours is the CEO of Crichton International, and uh, I'm uh, she's she's still the board chair at the Board of Trade for a few few more days. <laughs> Sorry, um, but uh, you've been watching our uh, special series of podcasts this week celebrating women in business. I'm Kirk the Point, publisher and editor in chief of Business in Vancouver. Thanks for watching. Mm-hmm.